believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 11:50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air of the sun is shining in Seattle, uh, and it's not as hot as they say it's going to be. So I'm grateful for that, uh, and I want to always welcome and say hello to my uh, studio manager, I, uh, Eric. He does such a great job. We appreciate you, Eric, and say hello to you today. Thank you so and, much. Uh, great to all see right, you. Then. Good, good to see you too. Also, uh, my first guest is going to be Mr. Eddie Rye, and then we're going to bring on my next guest after that from Oakland. I, I, I'm Rashida. We've been doing this work together for 30 years almost. All right, Mr. Rye, come on on and just give us this update of what's happening around here. And also, Marcus Garvey's birthday is next week, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Marcus Garvey. What's up? Oh, well, uh, quite a few mentioned Oakland. I just got a, a message back from uh, Elmer Dixon. He and Aaron were down in Oakland. Uh, I guess uh, there's a film being uh, done on the uh, South, the Black Panther, South Black Panther Party specifically. And uh, uh, so I'm going to be interviewed like next week. Uh, Rick Dupree and his son or film company is putting it together. Oh, Rick and, Dupree. Uh, okay. So, so some very interesting things happen. You know, it's like uh, people don't know that uh, after Chicago, when Mark Clark and Fred Hampton, Bobby Rush got shot, he didn't die. Uh, the next hit was going to be at the Seattle Black Panther Party office. And uh, even though I didn't agree with this news commentator by the name of Don McGathan, uh, he alerted uh, Mayor Wes Allman, and uh, the word got out. And the radical women, Gloria Martin, Carol Frazier, those, those white women got out in front of the Panther headquarters and stopped uh, the aggression. And by that time, uh, the word came down from the mayor's office to call the FBI off. Uh, another thing about the Panther Party, you look at the fact that, you know, uh, they were really police accountability before Reverend Walden was. That's right. <laughs> when you look at it, and then you look at the yeah. fact that what they were serving to the community, uh, you know, they were doing like the breakfast program. Uh, they were doing the medical clinic. And the thing about it is the city of Seattle adopted some of those programs. That's uh, right. After the Panthers. Exactly. So, and they spoke out against injustice and also did uh, education. And uh, so uh, uh, I was a director of the education program at camp called the Educational Talent Search Project. And Gloria Martin uh, was on, on the staff. When I became the director, she was already there. And uh, she's the one that said, Eddie, I know we need to collect some money to support. Uh, they are feeding those babies and we need to have. So I talked to the director at the time, Harold Whitehead, and he said, oh, no, everybody's going to contribute. And, you know, at that time, we had, like, uh, at camp had about 200 people working because all the different programs. Okay. There was a commitment to uplift African descendants of the United States enslaved. They, they were part of the Great Society programs that came about because of Dr. King, John Lewis, Fannie Lee Hamer, Ida B. Wells, and the other sisters struggling. for the, They got us the Civil Rights Act of 64, the Voting Rights Act of 65, and then the Great Society programs came in. That's where SOIC, I mean, they took care of the individual. Uh, your, your, you had a stipend. You got food assistance. You got transportation assistance. All you had to focus on was getting the training. And then in 1980, Ronald Reagan came in and defunded all of that because the complaints started coming. Well, you guys are just giving black folks something. I told this one guy, I said, how can you say 254 years of slavery 
that, that I'm, you're giving me something. I, we need a down payment on that. And then we can talk from there. But uh, so I'm very uh, uh, supportive of, you know, of, uh, of the a movie itself. It should be fantastic. Uh, I'm, I got well, a little yeah, bit part. The Panthers, are, you know, one thing about the Panthers, you know, uh, they got wiped out. I mean, Seattle did not, but the rest of them across America, and most of them did. But they let the gangs stay. The gangs that, you know, I mean, the, the same tactics. I mean, you know, the gangs went out all over everywhere. And now, 40 years later, we're still dealing with the gangs uh, uh, and the Panthers that was absolutely uplifting uh, and trying to do good work and, uh, and standing in the gap between the police and the community. They got, they got uh, you know, uh, got wiped out on some ways. And so you can say, you can see that uh, the, the power structure really was against us being uh, uplifted uh, uh, and protected, see. Because we, but know the good that, thing, we know that the gang didn't bring any uplift or any protection. <laughs> but if you look at the people who were in the Panthers and what they're doing right now, they're all very successful. Oh, they and are. they're still doing uh, they're doing things to uplift people. That's and right. Now Eric, uh, Elmer Dixon goes all around the world uh, uh, lecturing, and uh, Aaron does the same thing around the country in terms of educating folks. But the thing about it is that, you know, like uh, there are several members of the Mary Mahoney Nurses Association that worked in the, in the, in the clinic. And a lot of them went to, went to the University of Washington and CLU and got degrees after their experience with the Panthers. So it was also a very motivational thing. And like I said, uh, you were forced to read. And you had to understand uh, politics and policy and stuff. And, uh, you know, now the Panthers go down to Olympia with some guns and they changed the law. And as soon as the Panthers leave, they change the law back where you can come down with a machine gun and you see guys <laughs> in the in the state patrol's face with their gun almost nose to nose and nothing happens to them. But that's about as bad as uh, this uh, guy got eight months for being a part of an attempt to overthrow the United States government holding well, his Donald Trump flag. But, but what we have to realize is the 1905 dictionary said to be white was to be pure, uh, uh, like snow and sinless like a white man. And that's what they believe. They believe it's well, nothing that they've created. They, uh, and that, that's part of the collective consciousness. So well, they, they get eight months for that. Uh, uh, if they had been black people, they'd been locked up for 25 years. So Yeah, you're right. Like, Two years right. for still the Snickers out the mini mark. But yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, Donald Trump is still um, the leader of the Republican Party. And um, this COVID thing is no joke. Uh, I, right now, you know, we're planning on doing, uh, and you'll be in the call too, uh, we're going to have a Zoom meeting with uh, the advisors for the uh, MLK Commemoration Committee. August 28th is the 58th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington for Jobs and Justice. And out of that march came the Civil Rights Act, 64, right, 64 uh, Civil Rights Act, and the 65 Voting Rights Act. Now, this is the most significant uh, uh, August 28th event held since 1963. That's correct. Because we're up against the correct. same issues the same racism and the uh, denial that black folks were faced with in 1963. And if people think yes. that it's going to go away, they better think again. And the thing about it is we have got to start showing up. Well, but also also the Democrats got to be more aggressive. Okay. I mean, really and truly, there's something about the Democrats when they get in, they don't really understand the threat from the other side. They don't organize correctly. As I said last week, Stacey Ingram should be going to every state. This is a person who know how to do it. They did it with all the helpers in the unions. I mean, they Philip Randolph and Cleola Brown and all those people who showed up there uh, uh, in Georgia. There's a strategy. 
But most people don't know how to fight for freedom because they weren't here. They weren't part of the fight. Okay, I mean, a lot of the people who got elected, they don't understand the fight. They never lived in Jim Crow. Their parents didn't live in Jim Crow. They don't have no Southern experience. We who come from the South absolutely understand this. And it's everywhere. I mean, it's here in Washington State. Everywhere is trying to figure out uh, a voter's uh, 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 suppression. And I know my next guest, I saw something that now the non-vaxxers are vaccinating people, the people who are against that were actually probably probably trying to, to also be part of voter suppression. So people never really understood democracy. The most people didn't fight for it. Our ancestors fought for it. And then, uh, you know, you and I have continued this fight. But we have something coming if people don't understand what it means to get 400 federal judges and to get the Supreme Court. They don't have that lived experience. Uh, uh, and they don't understand the federal judges. The power of the federal judges is a lifetime appointment and the Supreme Court, a lifetime appointment. And, uh, and, and the person who you just mentioned, a 45, gave them everything they wanted to be able to squash this, uh, to suppress us. And so we better stand up. I mean, this is this is cleric and call. I'm an experience, lived experience of Jim Crow, and I understand it. Your folks yeah, understand well. I was only in Shreveport for 10 years, but I was born in Charity Hospital on the colored side. And I did go to West Shreveport Colored Elementary School. I did go to the State Fair on Colored Day. So uh, when I got on the bus, I got on the back, of the, put money in the front and go to get on the back. Sometimes the bus driver would leave you. And then when I went to the movies, I went to the colored section. When I got I my food, I got to go. Sam Cook's song, Sam Cook's song, A Change Is Gonna Come, absolutely was talking about us because we were upstairs uh, uh, in the theater. So, uh, so that's why we who have this experience need to be out there. And if the Democrats had any, any real sense of winning, they would have people with a lived experience trying to talk to people. But they just don't know how to do this. Reverend Harriet, it's up to us. The people have the power. Oh, it is. It is up it. to us. I, it's, I it's up to us. Up. We, we, it's up to us. We elect them. Yes. It's up to us to hold them accountable. It's up to it's up to us to make sure that our general inclusion is included. And to that end, I want to say I am still pressing members of the Congressional Black Caucus to have a federal designation at every federal agency, including the Small Business Administration, every federal agency for African descendants of the United States enslaved. The people who built this joint for free, America would not be the powerhouse it is right now and have not been for 254 years of free labor, okay? And then us going off to wars, coming back to segregation. Uh, African-Americans are the most patriotic group in this country. I don't care what nobody say. And we have every right to complain about it because we built this joint for free. Well, but also we have to eventually tell the truth that, you know, all of our immigration buddies and, and, and people who come to America, uh, that there's a space for them. I mean, uh, they, they, uh, there's a space for them, I mean, in jobs and training and, uh, and upward mobility. And we continue to get left behind because we say POC, we say all of this other stuff. At the end of the day, we're the cheese that stands alone. You remember that? All I can say is that, is that <laughs> in order to get, uh, be, uh, for an immigrant to become a, a U.S. citizen, they must have a black history lesson. And that should be an acquirement because it's part of American history. And one of the things they have not been providing that and leaving people with misconceptions and myths. So there needs to be a requirement to have a black history lesson for any new immigrants getting becoming U.S. citizens. 
I'll agree with you on that. I, I do, and I, our time is going to get here, ended in a few minutes. But I want to let you know that next uh, Tuesday at six uh, thirty here at the at the Liberty at the Liberty Bank uh, Building, uh, we're having a Marcus Garvey birthday party. It's going to be from six thirty to eight. We're Garveyites. We keep it. We keep it going here in Seattle. We believe in Garvey. We had to listen to Garvey on some levels. Hey, we got Gar Garvey was a man of his time, and he brought he brought a liberation message for us, and it's still valid today. So uh, anyway, Marcus Garvey. So remember that. Now I'll make sure you know about it. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, thank, thank you so much. All right, we're okay, listening to you. the Mother's Justice Show on eleven fifty a.m. KKNW. I'm your host from Walden. We're gonna take a little break, and we'll be right back. And I bring on my next guest from Oakland. Oakland to be in the house in just a few minutes. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in And then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked. Endless worrying about college. Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do Washington's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! <laughs> Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future. This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Hear that? That's the sound of our future. And getting back to what we love as more and more people get their COVID-19 vaccine. At the American Lung Association, we have science-based public health information you can trust to make a decision about the COVID-19 vaccination for yourself. Visit lung.org or call 1-800-LUNG-USA for more information. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Nothing to live for and look like nothing's gonna come back. So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Ooh, I'm sitting on the 
Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKMW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on air. We got a great sunny day here in Seattle. And I'm going to bring my guest on in just a minute. I want to announce that um, uh, August 17th is the Marcus Garvey birthday. Uh, and we'll be having a party for Marcus Garvey at 1405 on uh, 24th Avenue at the Liberty Bank building uh, at 630 from 630 to 8. And I'll make sure you get some more information about that and save the date for November 4th, Mother's uh, uh, annual breakfast. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to go ahead and have that breakfast last year. We did not. So anyway, this is 31 years for us. I and mean, I've grown up doing this work. I want to bring my next guest in also. She's grown up doing this work too. Uh, how are you doing, Rashida? Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you too. This is new and different, doing Zoom. It is, it is. But, you know, I guess I, I guess I... I guess we should have we should have bought stock in Zoom because we'd all be having a little bit of money right now. Because <laughs> it really is the way of the future right now. Because we don't know how long we're gonna not. Um, uh, are you trying to unmute yourself? Uh, we don't know how long we're we're gonna be in this predicament. All right, then. So you know, we'll just go ahead and talk a little bit here. And I know you're gonna come back on in a minute. I met you many years ago in Chicago at uh, at Citizen Alert. Uh, with Mary Powers, I think it was right after Rodney King. So uh, you were there with Oakland. Uh, a lot of people from Oakland to Bay Area had a large uh, uh, contingent of people who came to Chicago every year. Van Jones, who's now on CNN, he was there. Uh, just a lot of people was there. And I met you, and I know you've been doing this work for a long, long time. Uh, and it's just a pleasure to have you on. So uh, anyway, so I just wanted to introduce you to my community uh, and give you an opportunity to talk about the work you've been doing. And then after that, we'll, we'll take several breaks because I got music that I want you to hear. So, all right. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me? Oh, much better. Much better. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. This technology is not uh, foolproof. That's for sure. So, yeah, we, we um, you know, last year we had um, an updated ballot measure uh, to clean up the first ballot measure that created our police commission. Uh, because we had pushback from the city after the first ballot measure passed. Uh, they wanted to say that uh, the language did not allow for the commission to hire and supervise its own staff and that the ballot measure did not allow the commission to have its own legal counsel, uh, despite the language that we thought was adequate. So we had to do another ballot measure last year to make it crystal clear <laughs> that right. the commission must have its own legal counsel and must have the ability uh, the ability to um, hire and fire that's part of what was on the ballot is that they have the ability to hire and fire and i hope you got a budget too because the last time duty so that's a big deal yeah because you cut out a little bit uh i so uh Let's try. Let's continue this, and otherwise we might have to, you know, take a break and, and have and, and have you on a different way. But uh, before you go to that, I wish you could just talk a little bit about your work and who you are and how long you've been doing this work. Well, I've been doing this work since uh, 1993, uh, after the police um, managed to kill my husband and son in a very bizarre and botched um weird uh adventure that was supposed to be about quarantining my son's dog 
and wound up uh, with fatalities. So um, that is what plunged me into this work, um, which I've been doing ever since. And uh, it's been it's been very challenging, uh, a very long process, but we're finally starting to see some light at the end of this tunnel. Well, and I met you uh, in Chicago many years ago uh, with Mary Powers, who was a great gatherer of all us people doing police accountability work around the country. It's nobody doing that right now. And if so, it must be another generation and we're like, <laughs> we left out, but uh, that was that. That was those days that uh, we look forward to because we always knew we were going to learn something. We we're going to meet new people, and our circle would widen uh, doing uh, police accountability work. And uh, and you were one of the persons that I met there uh, in Chicago. And we've had this uh, uh, long time uh, uh, working together as much as we can and encouraging one another. So it is right. a pleasure to have you on my show again, and it's been many times and. I know that you've been a champion there, uh, not only for police reform, charging police with crimes so they can absolutely go to jail. And you'll see also has had a consent decree now for what, almost 16 years and $40 million right now. Huh? Yeah, it's almost 18 years now. That's a shame. Yep. I, I don't know who, who and why the reason is. I know, I know, that, you, I know that your union uh, down there has been a lot in opposition a lot more than the union here has. I think they've done everything they could not to cooperate. Is that correct? I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. I think that is the that is certainly the opinion of the former uh, judge that was overseeing this consent decree, Dalton Henderson. Uh, his conclusion after he uh, left um, and to retire, uh, and we now have a new federal judge overseeing this, but his, Dalton Henderson's uh, conclusion was that the, there was internal resistance to the reforms. And it didn't matter who the police chief was or who the mayor was or who anybody was, uh, they were just dug in and um, resistant. And I think that, that we've seen that play out throughout the country. Um, well, we've seen the role of police unions, uh, you know, causing all kinds of mayhem. Every time somebody wants to introduce reforms, uh, they will lobby heavily against it. You know, this year, uh, because of the George Floyd uh, uh, murder and the families of the uh, families of uh, the Washington Coalition of Police Accountability, uh, these are these were the families. This this coalition was led by families who had been affected family members who found who they a uh, family member had been killed by the police and Washington state I think got the most uh, uh, police reformed in any state this year and also this is the first time in the history of Washington state we had a black caucus we had five or six people that was elected to the, to the legislature this is uh, this is unheard of and those people worked I mean they really did and so we got some real reform uh, and now there's some challenges going on around it because I, I, since they can't, you know, just just chase cars. I mean, you know, I mean, these, these you know, the, the uh, pursuit, hot pursuits, have killed so many people, even bystanders. Uh, and and then uh, they had a case where they could have used the dogs the other day, and they did not because they said they didn't have clarification. But you know, you think about why the entrance I I I received them. It's the only job in America where you can have uh, you can have a three or four fatalities that you caused. And, uh, and you still have a job. You know for a fact that if a doctors at a hospital have that many fatalities and people are always dying, 
uh, they can get their privilege taken away from them and eventually uh, not get malpractice insurance and, and not have a job. So uh, well, you, in Washington, you have the ability to decertify them. In California, we don't have that. We have a bill in the assembly right now uh, that's being considered to decertify police officers under certain conditions. But right now, that is not the law in California. At least you have yeah. that. Well, that came out this year. I mean, that's this year. This year's work. I mean, that's what these families, they, they were on it. But we talk about this technology. If it had not been for Zoom, I don't think we would have gotten nearly as much because, you know, the Washington State is a big state, not as big as California. But, you know, you had people all over the state uh, who family members who had a family member had been killed by the police and those people was able to participate on Zoom. So Zoom was 100 percent. I, I, I added on the reason why we the, the state has so much participation because it's just impossible to get to the Capitol uh, uh, that many days all the time if you live right. you know Eastern Washington or down by uh, Portland. I mean so 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 the Zoom uh, absolutely did help for that. So that was a benefit to be able because these officers need to be be certified. But if you've had this culture for 50 years, I mean you know now we're not going all the way back to slave catchers, but if you've had this attitude and knowing that uh, that it's not going to be any reprimand to you, and then you're going to bully the city and they're going to give you a raise, okay? I mean, it's it's uh, you know, I mean, they always get a raise, and, mm -hmm. and now look at all the money that they're paying out on the on the other part of that. But I saw something interested on uh, interesting on your page, and it was about oversight for sheriffs. So. Uh, you know, we're going to take, yeah. I got music, I got some music I'm, I got pulled just for you. So we're going to take a break and uh, uh, and, and come right back and then let's talk about that. But I want to take my breaks this time because I got music special for you. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is time. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden, and we'll be right back. Woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on freedom I woke up this morning with my mind Stayed on freedom Hallelujah 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 more and more these days, it feels like sports are losing out to hype. Who dissed who? Who signed the fattest contract? Who got busted for cheating? Lost 2 is the unique capacity sports have to inspire us, to unite us. Well, great news, sports fans. Sports are still being played for the right reasons. They're still as entertaining as they are character building. You just have to know where to find it. And you only have to look as far as your local Washington high school. You know, the place where the games are exciting, concessions are affordable, and the parking is free. Where the emphasis is on hustle and heart instead of hype. If you prefer real, honest-to-goodness sport played for all the right reasons, you'll find it at your hometown high school, High School Sports. Games are being played this weekend at a Washington high school near you. Okay, everybody, who's in? This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association. Every two minutes, a child becomes a victim of sex trafficking in the U.S. It's happening right now. 
Don't turn off the radio or change the channel. Don't cover your kids' ears, no matter how much you want to ignore it. Child trafficking is real. In fact, it's happening in your town. And you know what our greatest weapon against child trafficking is? It's our children. It's time to act with PACT. That's Partners Against Child Trafficking. PACT works to teach students how to identify the warning signs of child trafficking so they can help other vulnerable kids around them. PACT student ambassadors receive in-depth training on the issue and design a project to raise awareness, reduce victimization, and disrupt demand. Visit PACT.city to start donating today. That's P-A-C-T C-I-T-Y. And for as little as $5 a month, you can help end child exploitation. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air, and it's my joy actually to bring my guests back on. I, I, her name is Rashida. We've been together for a long, long time. And I played, I wanted that song for you because I love you. And I know that you've been doing this work with me all these years. Thank you, Harry. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, all these years, I mean, we got the people who coming by now and they saying blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, maybe we're just passe or, you know, I, I, our tactics hasn't worked. But they haven't been in it for a long time yet. So, and they're already saying they're tired. I see the young people posting. They're <laughs> tired. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, they just got uh, started and they're saying they're tired. I said, wow. You know, you know, Rashida, if this system, if we could have fixed this, we would have fixed it in 1865. If there we could have fixed this, we'd have fixed it I, 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 when Marcus Garvey was around. If we could have fixed it, we'd have fixed it when Thurgood Marshall was taking all those cases down to Florida and all of these places. And then, you know, I mean, look what it took to get the so-called the Civil Rights Act passed and the Voting Rights Act passed. And look how many years it have taken. So if people think you're gonna fix this overnight, I just don't think they understand because you got all these other consequences like here in Seattle when they so-called defunded the police department, okay, and then uh, the police chief retired, calm invested, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the unforeseen consequences of that. Crime has escalated since June, right. since last year up until now, 81 mothers are weeping and there is no safety plan. And so, so it's, it's, um, there's a that there's this dichotomy. I mean, you talk about all of this, but people need to be feel safe too. Or I'll say, I mean, the city needs to have a, a safety plan for every every part, every community. Okay, and and so nobody was thinking about that the, the intended consequences. But I really want to honor you and talk about your work and and how you've been in it. And uh, so I'm just going to give you an opportunity to just talk about this. Uh, you know what you're doing down there in Oakland, and then after a while we'll take another break because I still got some more music for you. All right. So, uh, yeah, all right. Well, we, you know, now that we have our police commission in Oakland, uh, we're now looking to the county. Uh, the county, of course, runs the jail, and there have been terrible abuses in the jail, uh, Santa Rita. And the sheriff's department uh, also functions really as the police in all of the unincorporated areas of the county. 
yes. uh, where there's no local police department. And so, you know, they have been uh, left to do whatever. Um, they have absolutely no oversight whatsoever. And so it's just, we've decided that now that we've got at least some structure in Oakland uh, where we can oversee the police, where we can create new policy, we can change policy, we can fire the police chief, uh, which we did. Um, it's good, time deal. To to good deal. Good deal. Y'all did a good job in flying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did. No, no reason to do half a loaf. Right. No, well, you, right. You got, because, because really, I mean, as long as you can't have no control over the chief, then you right. really have no control over anything else. That's if right. you can't hold That's the chief accountable, then you can't hold the officers accountable. That's right. So, so um, for us, that was a no brainer that we had to have that ability uh, to be able to fire the police chief. And so and we did. Uh, which was the best thing, and as you know who that was, and Kirk Patrick. Yes, I, I, yes, I know who that was. I mean, out of King County, so hey, you know, I mean, we moved not her. Able to keep, yeah, we, 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 we moved her right along. We moved her right along, and right. Uh, I, 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 I don't have too much hope for her anywhere else. I think she's found me a neither. new. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. I think but she should just move on. Somebody else's problem now, not that's ours. Right. That's right. It was Spokane problems before it was yours. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we are now looking at the county and um, we are creating, uh, looking at creating an ordinance uh, that the Board of Supervisors will pass that will allow for a very similar structure, not with the same degree of power, unfortunately, because our state constitution actually gives the sheriff's department uh, quite a bit of power. And yes, unless we same way in Washington State. Same way yeah. in Washington State. Mm -hmm. Right. So unless unless we change that law at the state level, uh, we can't achieve the same level of power in the oversight of the sheriff that we did in, in Oakland for the police chief. Nevertheless, we can create uh, a situation where there's an inspector general where there's staff, where their ability to do independent investigations uh, of the sheriff, as well as the jail, where they are able to sub have subpoena power, where they can, uh, uh, you know, have interviews with, with the inmates. And, um, uh, you know, th there's, there is the ability to at least bring some level of accountability to the sheriff's department. So that's what we're engaged in right now and the next meeting uh to uh consider this proposal is in september on the 9th so we are now trying to organize the community we had a town hall meeting um almost 100 people attended and uh it's time to you know put on our organizing shoes and make sure that <laughs> you know uh we have people throughout the county who know what's going on, who are uh, willing to step forward and lend a hand and lend their voice. And uh, like you said, uh, no, need, no need for people to come to Oakland uh, in person to be at the meeting. They can all call in and join in on Zoom. So right. that's what we're doing right now is we are trying to set up uh, folks to do that. And uh, in the meantime, we're trying to set up some meetings with two of our supervisors who are on the public protection 
subcommittee who will be leading on this effort. So that's kind of a rundown of where we are. Well, that's pretty good because what they decided here in Seattle and in, in King County to do, uh, I, you know, over over 25 years ago or about that time, uh, Seattle had uh, it went from an appointed uh, I, I, I sheriff to an elective sheriff. This past year, they put it on, on the ballot to uh, go back to an appointed sheriff. And so they've convened some, you know, uh, community people to be looking at the criteria and, uh, you know, all of that. Uh, uh, and I, I think that I, I didn't vote for that. I, I, I thought that I thought that you could have more. I, I thought it's going to be too much politics around uh, uh, interfering uh, with, with the elected. I mean, with the appointed. But that's what's going to happen. And uh, but but the details is in the uh, is in the uh, contract. And I don't think nobody's read the contract. I mean, I mean, I did. I talked to them about it. I mean, there are some things already that's already in the contract. They're not going to be able to walk back. And see, that's what people don't understand. Once it's in the contract, right. you cannot walk it back. Uh, right. uh, and the contract that they, uh, it's ended this year in December. Now, for all we know, they could be setting the table now uh, with the with the with the Dow Constantine, the, the, the county exec and who else is at the table. The community don't know that PC and that, that that's happening, probably happening now, because I, I, I doubt if the deputies are going to work without a contract too long. OK, they're going to make some fuss around here. And yeah. so one of the things I was saying, OK, I, this is good. I mean, and you're going to think you're going to have more oversight. I mean, what, what the sheriff gives up. I mean, the, the sheriff would no longer be able to negotiate for their own, you know, to have oversight over their own budget. So they will have to come up under the county uh, as far as their budgets and stuff like that. But I was really more concerned uh, as I read that contract. And I'm getting to be a pro at reading contracts because oh, it's yeah. all, <laughs> you can't do this this long and not understand the contracts. That's where the trouble is. Absolutely. And that's what all that happens behind closed doors. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's why that's why people have to get somebody now, you know, have to get somebody in there. To that. But also all you need is a mayor that stands up because in every major city, the mayor, the city always capitulates. Always. That's right. That I, mean, right. I mean, I mean, I mean, really and truly and absolutely. And I think it's a game because, you know, then they could blame. Well, you know what? I mean, because then it's oh, well, they blame the guilt. I mean, and for years and years. We thought it was the you thought it was a union, but a union rep. I mean, the union is supposed to get everything they can for their workers, whether they hospital That's workers, right. school teachers. I mean, they're supposed to try to get the inventory, uh, you know, the store, and the seeds before they're planting. But it's it's the it's it's the boss or the city's job to say no. You can't have all the inventory, the seeds, uh, uh, and the store. We're going to have to negotiate something. But what they right. do is capitulate. They don't stand up. And That's for right. a long, long time, it just took me. I mean, I just learned this. It's a game. I learned this about 10, maybe not, about 10 years ago now that, that, okay, they don't want to stand up. They don't want to. They don't want to do what's necessary to get a decent contract for the citizens of their city. They That's would right. rather capitulate. And then they could blame, and then all the people that just on the outside, so oh, yeah, yeah, that union just is bad and more they're terrible. Well, they're just as terrible as the city let them be. Well, and the reason is that they want their support politically. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. They're exactly. not willing. They're not that's willing right. to stand up for the people 
they That's are right. more willing to do whatever in order for them to get the endorsement uh, on their next step to political power. And that's exactly, exactly what Jerry Brown that's did right. in Oakland. You know, that's this right. was his stepping stone back to Sacramento, back to being the lieutenant governor and then the governor all over again. So he was not about to piss off the union here because that's he right. needed their endorsement. Yes. And so that's yeah. what it comes down to. That's right. You know, and to, me, and to me, that's the next organizing piece. Because really, somebody has to be big enough, bad enough, and bold enough to talk about that piece. And then the people who've been doing this a long time, really, our eyes are open to be able to see that. And when I saw that, I said, oh, okay, I see what's happening now. So let's take our last break, because I've got some more music for you. We listen right. to the Mothers Just to Show in 1150 uh, KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. We'll be right back. We got Oakland in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just move on up toward your destination. You pledged your life to serve, to make our country stronger, safer, more free, more equal. You worked tirelessly, made sacrifices, missed first steps and birthdays, lost loved ones. At VA, we don't see the setbacks endured. We see lessons applied and passion driving you upward and forward. We don't see all the masks you wear, but we hope you can set some aside. We embrace your uniqueness and won't trivialize your past, your fears, or your hardships. We can't promise to heal all wounds or wash away all trauma, but we do see hope, a path forward, a future. We see all veterans. We see you. An opportunity to help you achieve a new mission, whatever that may be. Learn how treatment works and recovery is possible. Visit maketheconnection.net. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. We are the physicians, the nurses, the hospital and health system leaders. All we ask of you is to take three simple steps proven to stop the spread of COVID. Wear a cloth face mask. Maintain social distance and wash your hands. Scientific evidence must shape our decisions, dictate our actions, and protect our health. We are not powerless. Together, we will defeat COVID. This has been a message from the American Hospital Association, the American Medical Association, and the American Nurses Association. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Ram Walden. It's my joy to be on the air to bring my wonderful friend and guest uh, back, back on. Uh, 
from Oakland. Uh, we've been doing this work together for many, many years. I, I tell you, I'm so glad that you're on today, I, 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 Rashida. So glad. Welcome back to the Mother's Justice Show. Thank so you, uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to kick this part off because you all have been under consent decree since uh, for 18 years, Seattle since 2012. Boy, it's a cash cow, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is for a whole lot of folks. And it guess is. who's paying? Guess who's yeah, paying for are. it? Yeah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> And, uh, you know, I read the article. Thank you for calling my attention to that article about and what Merrick had to say. I mean, most of the stuff he had to say was just all uh, outlandish. And uh, number one, when he came to Seattle, he had no respect for us. I mean, he didn't like us. He didn't like community. He thought we were dumb. He thought we were near fights. So we didn't know what we were doing. And at one time, he only wanted to meet with the white women. That's how oh, bold really? he was. He only oh wanted to meet with the white women on the commission, okay? And so the white women said no. And it was one white woman, now Lisa Dugard was the co-chair and the Asian lady was Diane Narsaka. They were both co-chairs. That's what he said. And so the white women said no. If you don't meet with all of the, all of the women, we won't meet with you. And that's some of that talk, but no, Lisa didn't spell it out in there about what he said. He was really terrible. He, he, he had animus against us. And then his animus against us translated to the judge having animus against us. And he told us one time in the courtroom that we were just trying to grab power. We all free. And he's going <laughs> to tell us that we tried to, we free baby. We the free babies in the courtroom, okay? <laughs> the free babies, okay? He's going to tell us we're trying to grab power. Hello, I'm saying, I mean, and you know, I had never been abused this way. He's just, I, t I, told, I told some of the commissioners, it's like he invited us to come to East Savannah and threw ink on us, okay? We're free. That you know? is unbelievable. Grab power. Well, who's supposed to have it if not the people? <laughs> supposed to have it. We're supposed to have it. Oh, but let's, let me tell you how he got some respect for us, though. Because we advised the city council not to sign the contract, 2018, because it, it rolled back police accountability to 2005. Hello? I mean, because in the contract, it says that if you don't have an agreement that you go back someplace else. OK, that's how I learned all of this stuff, because we're back to 2005. They took well, guess a lot. What? Of guess what? We tried that as well. But the federal judge ordered the city to pay him, ordered the city. <laughs> well, 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 uh, you know, once the judge, uh, once this police officer got his job back, who had socked a woman with uh, with handcuffs when she when he was in handcuffs, she was supposed to have kicked him, you know, uh, uh, and so he had he let her have it. Once he saw that, he was angry, and so he called the status conference, and then so we outlined everything, and then. In May of 2019, he said the city was out of compliance on the police accountability issue uh, 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 segment, but he he added that because that was not a finding and the DOJ does not agree with that, but he agreed with us. But guess what? He never held the city in contempt. They never ever showed up. They never ever put in a plan to fix this. So tomorrow it's going to be a status conference that uh, that the CPC uh, attorneys I uh, filed in the court. So we go tomorrow, and then the city tried to come from under the consent decree before uh, before May twenty fourth, and then we filed in the court to say no, it's not fixed yet. How can you come from under the consent decree when the contract is back to two thousand and five? Hello, 
Really? And so, and, and so it's like, wow, nobody actually has the hammer. Nobody wants to be hard. Right. Right. You know, and and, and that's just it. It's like, okay. So, so we're still raising wayward kids because nobody wants to be hard. Nobody wants to be tough. And really that consent decree, all that money that we paid him, they could have paid me and you. <laughs> I yeah, mean, not really, largely. Really, we've been doing this work. I mean, I'm just an authority as, as Merrick Bachman. I'd let him know that I am an authority. I've been doing this for over 25 years. Hello, stand down. Right. I'm an authority. Okay. Right. Anytime you do something 25 years, doing authority at it. And I, I, I'm not going to take your abuse, sir. <laughs> you know, you. So, yeah, you know, so, hey, hey, yeah. So good thing they didn't interview me because I went way off a little bit more than uh, than Lisa did. And then they always say our chief uh, resigned. She died. She retired after all the POC people on the, uh, on the on the city council wanted to take money from the police chief. The only black police chief they ever had. And the disrespect that they had toward Carmen compared to everybody else was just over the top. So I'm gonna let you talk about your your 18 years experience. That that 18 year old baby that we've had now, we sending it off to college because that's how long <laughs> you've been. You said <laughs> so. Come on, well, tell me about 18 years. Uh, this is the first time that the monitor has been somewhat uh, optimistic in his latest report. So I do believe and I've talked to the plaintiff's attorneys, I believe that we are actually headed for the exit. Uh, but even then, they're going to have to be on probation for about a year, even after they sign off. So they will continue to be watched by the federal uh, monitor even after they sign off on it uh, for at least one year to make sure that there's no backsliding. So, uh, but I think that we are headed for the exit. I think our current police chief, who's a native son of Oakland. Oh my uh, goodness. Yes, he is a black man who was born and raised in West Oakland, uh, whose brother was killed, which is why he became a police officer. Um, and uh, he appears to have the confidence of the court monitor and, and, uh, and I think that things are starting to appear as though they will be resolved. But uh, one thing that we can take comfort in is the fact that even after we lose oversight from the federal government, we will still have our police commission. And that's why we created that police commission, because we knew that sooner or later, someday would come when the judge would walk away and the monitor would walk away and then we would have nothing left uh, to hold on to. And so that is why we created the police commission to be the successor of the federal oversight to make sure that once the police department started uh, behaving properly, that they would not backslide and go back to the bad old days right. Uh, before, right? And so uh, that was the whole reason that we, we undertook that effort. And, and I you hope know, that it's a great Seattle, effort. You know what I mean? You you always heroic. I mean, the community police commission. I mean, what we have in Seattle, uh, we have the commission. Uh, we have OPA, and then we have the IG. I mean, these are the, the and actually the police is supposed to be the third. All this is supposed to be the police accountability system, and in some places that it needs to be uh, 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 upheld and, and need to be, uh, you know, stronger in order to have a hammer. 
I mean, you know, you gotta have a hammer somewhere. So uh, I like your system. I'm glad you all went to the boat, to the polls and got, now we have some people here who want to do an initiative, but these are people who actually just want to be in control of, of police issues. I mean, uh, white people who have never been into the black community. Now they want to put an initiative on the ballot by, by police accountability. But uh, you all down in Oakland, I just really, just really grateful for all the work you all have done. Well, all I can say is if you want to get something on the ballot, make sure it's worth the effort. Make sure it's got everything that you need in it, including the ability to fire the chief. Otherwise, you're going to be waltzing in wet cement. You know, you, there's only so much you can do unless you can hold that chief accountable. Well, you know, in this city, the chief I've served at the pleasure of the mayor, and I guess that's the only. So, so was that the, was that the way it was in your city too? Before you all put the initiative on the ballot, and meaning you got to commission. Uh, who fired and hired the chief in your city? So uh, what we have a, a dual situation where the mayor can fire the chief uh, for any reason, but the commission has to fire the chief for cause. For cause. So they, I got, right. I got okay. For okay, cause. but, so they, can, but they can do it. They can do it if they can show cause. cause. And okay. if, if two-thirds of the commissioners vote for it, they can oh, fire okay. him unilaterally well you all have already proven that you can do that <laughs> right yes we have yes we have and and oh. then when it comes to replacing the chief uh the what has to happen to replace the chief is that the police commission is is the, the entity that recruits um the replacement and they have to interview and go through the whole process and they present the mayor with three, a minimum of three choices. And the mayor has to choose the next police chief from among those three choices. And if the mayor okay. doesn't want any of them, then it goes back to the commission for them to find new people. Oh, but that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm going the, to get a the mayor mm -hmm. cannot appoint anyone that the commission has not already pre-selected. Well, that's good because we had a fight here before. That's almost another conversation. I mean, by what happened when uh, when Carmen, our chief, our former chief best, was passed up, and we had to fight for that. I mean, I did it under my own organization and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's interesting. I really like what you all have done down there. And uh, hey, it's time to it's time to end these consent decrees uh, all over America, and let's start on, on something else and respect the people who are doing the organizing. We're we're pros at this. We know what we're talking about. That's right. So yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to wrap it up. Oh, I just really appreciate you, I, I Rashida, for all the work you're doing down there. And uh, if God allows, we'll see you. each other. We'll see each other soon in person. Okay. I uh, hope so. Yeah. All right. That's Thank to you. you so much. Keep doing everything you're doing up there. That's important. I will. Thank you so much. You've been listening right. to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host from Walden. Be back next week and we'll be talking about Marcus Garvey because his birthday is next week. All right. Thank you. Have a great week. Stay safe. Hey.